Happy Thanksgiving to uh, everyone today. Pray that um, you have a wonderful day uh, with your family and friends and loved ones um, as we celebrate what we're thankful for. Um, As we continue in this third episode, um, we're going to be looking at um, what I want to call, I guess, maybe the... uh, the fatal four um, that the enemy uses to uh, cause us to have difficulty when it when we're supposed to stand. As we looked at the last part of uh, the podcast, we looked in Ephesians chapter six, starting uh, verse ten um, and uh, verse eleven, talking about the idea of being able to stand and what it meant to stand. <clears throat> and I think that um, what the enemy does, what Satan tries to do, is he will put, um, I kind of narrowed it down, I guess you could say. These are four um, kind of broad topics, um, broad areas that I believe that the enemy uses um, to try to keep us from standing. Um, the first one that I think we can look at is uh, fear. Uh, now, I think this one is a very big one that the enemy uses. Um, every one of us can say that we have dealt with fear um, at one time or another. But um, I think what I want to do is I, I want us to be able to kind of look at these from a little bit of a different uh, standpoint um, when it comes to this uh, concept of standing and how that the enemy uses it. Because I want us to understand that in a lot of the situations, the enemy is not going to, again, just come out with these blatant sins against us. But I think what the enemy does is he uses a lot of manipulation, uh, and you could even call it reverse psychology, uh, against us. And I'll give you an example here with the fear. Uh, The Bible tells us that we are to uh, fear the Lord, um, And what we have to do is we have to understand what this word means. This idea of fearing the Lord is more of a reverential fear than it is of we are being scared. Now, what can happen is if our view of God has been shifted, um, if our view of God has been altered by... um, a situation maybe that we're dealing with, then we can go from believing that God loves us and that God is for us and that God is going to uh, hear our prayers to more of He's an authoritarian God and He's going to get mad if I don't read my Bible enough and He's going to get mad at me if I don't uh, go to church this Sunday morning and He's going to get mad at me um, if I don't do fill in the blank. And What happens with our fear is that instead of us having a reverential fear of God and that brings along with it an understanding that God loves us unconditionally and that we can't do anything to earn God's love, then that fear can cause us to venture down that road of, well, I have to do this in order for God to... Uh, I have to be able to do fill in the blank in order for God to love me more. I've got to be able to, um, and, and you can keep you know adding to that. And what happens then is when the enemy starts putting that little bit of fear 
uh, or a misrepresentation of that fear to where we become more scared that we're not doing what God wants us to do, then we're listening to the lies of the enemy. And that fear prevents us from truly standing. See, instead of seeing God, our Father, like the uh, one that he is portrayed at is uh, in the story of the prodigal son, we view him as a punishing father. Uh, when we look at the story of the prodigal son, um, even though this son left, the father would go and he would look for him every single day. And when the son came back and he was just plum filthy and he had lost all of his money because of uh, just horrible decisions and making sinful decisions, the father didn't look at him and give him this big long lecture about how that he was so mad at him and that he was such a failure. He instantly ran towards him, put his arms around him, said, go get a robe, go get a ring, and let's kill the fatted calf. There's a big difference in the way that the enemy wants us to view God and the way that Scripture shows us who God really is. And what happens is a lot of times we take a wrong view of God because of that fear, and it completely messes up our ability to stand. See, a lie, another one that the enemy uses that can put fear into us is that God only loves us when we do right. And so we fear doing wrong. And then that takes us to another point that we would rather do nothing at all than do anything wrong, which makes us completely ineffective in our Christian life. I've got two of the most precious boys in the world, and I'm thankful that I have the privilege to be their dad. And when you look at something of this nature, that we would believe that God would only love us if we do right, that is complete nonsense when you put that into perspective of being a parent yourself. When I look at my boys, I love them as much as I can possibly love them with human love. And I don't love them when they only do right. I love them even when they do wrong. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt me. When I see my children do wrong, when I see them make bad decisions, when I see them make decisions that hurt themselves or hurt others, it hurts my heart. But it doesn't stop me from loving them. And it's not that they have to do certain things in order for me to love them more. And if that's how I view my children, how much more does God compare to me? And I think that's what we have to understand and where we have to, to bring ourselves back and not listen to these lies of, of fear. And see, the enemy makes us think that failure makes God love us less. Failure is rather an opportunity to learn and grow and see even more how much our Father loves us through forgiveness and restoration. See, what Satan will do is he will sit down every time that we make a mistake and he'll, he'll bring it to our attention about how that, you know, God uh, can't love us now uh, because we failed and because, you know, he's going to look at us differently. But I look at my, even again, I, I go bring back this example with my own boys. I don't, I don't love my boys less because they made a mistake, because they failed, because they done wrong. I look at it as an opportunity for me to show them how much I love them because I can hug them and tell them, you know what, it's okay. I love you anyway. Those things don't really matter. What matters is that you understand what you did and that you don't want to do it again. And see, this is what the Father does for us. And so the, Satan will try to use fear to make us believe that God doesn't love us. And that prevents us from standing. So that's the first of the fatal four. 
The second one is responsibility. This is where, in essence, our salvation can be turned into a works-based salvation, if we allow it to. That my responsibility when it comes to my Christian life is I have to earn God's love and I have to earn God's approval. I have to do works, but they're done. Um, what we have to look at is this is where you can kind of get into, um, if you want to say it this way, a lot of nonsense when people argue about works and this and that. Yes, I have to do works if I am a follower of Christ. I have to share the gospel. But I don't do that because I have to. I do that because I want to. I do that because I love my Father. I do that because I'm so thankful for what the Father has done for me and how that He forgave me of my sins and how He purchased me with His blood on Calvary's cross. And I want to serve Him. I want to do these things for Him. And what happens is when we start believing the lies of the enemy, then he turns what we love to do into a responsibility. And that's where we have, we believe instead of me doing things because I want to and doing things because I love the Lord and because I want to serve him, now it's, well, i got to do these things because I have to or God's going to get upset at me and I have to do this to earn God's love. See, the enemy makes us think that we must do in order to get and then this is where we begin struggling because we know we can't do enough. See, when we sit down and think about it, the enemy will sit down and, and, and try to encourage us to go down this path of uh, that, that I have this responsibility as a follower of Christ to earn these different things. And we know that we can't do enough. We know that we could never earn our salvation. We never know we could never, we could never earn God's love. We can't earn His grace or mercy. And so what happens then is when we begin venturing down this road of this responsibility, we get so overwhelmed because the enemy makes us think that we have to do. And this overwhelms us. And then here's the key. We begin to devalue ourselves. Oh, this is exactly where the enemy wants us. He wants us to get to the point to where we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. See, I can look at myself and I realize I'm really nothing. But Jesus saw enough in me to go to Calvary for me. That's a thought that just is amazing. I don't see anything of myself of any value, but Jesus said, even when you were completely a sinner, I loved you enough to put my life on the cross for yours, to die in your place so I could give you salvation and forgive you of your sins. And so what happens is Satan doesn't want us to see ourselves the same way with the same value that Jesus sees us. He wants us to devalue ourselves. And then here's the thing. Once we begin to devalue ourselves, we become further ineffective and become more unstable when we're trying to stand. So the fear comes in and that causes us to have less stability. Now, when we feel like we have a responsibility to God, because of that fear, because we have to work to earn His love, because we begin to devalue ourselves, now we become a lot more ineffective, a lot more unstable. And then here comes the third, accountability. We can't really know God if He's not our standard. Now, I want you to... Um, let me elaborate on that for just a minute. If God is my standard, then I realize 
that apart from having my reliance upon him. Again, you go back to the first part of Ephesians 6.10 when Paul wrote, to be strengthened in the Lord. When I realized that God is my standard, I realized that I have to rely on his strength for absolutely everything. But here's the thing. When I begin to devalue myself, when again I've went down this road of fear and responsibility, that now I've begun to devalue myself, now the standard begins to drop. When I devalue myself, I realize that that the standard of God is absolutely astronomical now. So instead of me looking to God's Word, looking to the Bible as my standard and to hold me accountable, I begin to look at other people. And see, now I'm doing exactly what Paul said not to do. Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual powers. But when I devalue myself and I begin to let my standard drop and I don't use God's word and and that is my standard and I begin looking at others and I use them as my standard, now I begin warring against them. See, when I start using others as my standard, I want you to think about these words that come into my heart. Now envy comes in my heart. Jealousy comes into my heart. Bitterness begins to develop in my heart. So what happens is when I start looking at other people, I start looking at all the things that they have. I look at their blessings. I look at all of these different things, and I become envious of it. I become jealous of it. I become bitter about it. So guess what? Now fear has come in. Now this responsibility has overtaken me. It's overwhelmed me. Now it's devaluing me. And now I'm starting to look at other people as my standard rather than Jesus as my standard. And I'm letting sin begin to develop into my heart. Do you see the pattern that Satan is using here? This is what he does to try to keep us from standing because now I'm completely unstable as I'm letting all of this kind of come in. See, once we quit seeing Jesus as our standard, the enemy's gotten our eyes off Jesus, which was his intended goal from the get-go. He wants you to have your eyes off of Jesus because he realizes that if your eyes are off Jesus, he's not your strength anymore. As Ephesians 6.10 said, Now, here's the last of the fatal four, and that is the wrong enemy in spiritual warfare. See, we're in spiritual warfare, but our enemy is Satan and the demonic forces that we have to fight against. But what Satan wants us to do is he wants us to have a wrong enemy, and he wants us to do his job for him. Because again, if I devalue myself and I begin to use other people as my standard, And by using other people as my standard, I become envious, I become jealous, I become bitter towards those people. Guess what I have just done? I am doing Satan's job for him now. Now what I'm doing is I'm fighting against my flesh and blood. I'm fighting against my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is where church splits happen. This is where uh, all these people uh, say, well, I can't stand going to church because of the hypocrites. All of these things are, are birthed from these things right here. See, when we're at the point that we have the wrong enemy in spiritual warfare, we have forgot that the warfare is not one that is going to be just these blatant sins. 
but there's a song that Casting Crowns has called A Slow Fade. And what happens is, is we begin with fear, we begin with responsibility, we begin with, we, we move into accountability, and now we have the wrong enemy altogether. And you know what we're doing? It's called friendly fire. What we're doing is we're attacking our own fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we begin hurting the ones we claim to love. We begin hurting the ones that we're supposed to be praying for and we're supposed to be supporting. Now what we're doing is we're doing everything that the enemy wanted us to do. Because here's the thing. How many of us, if Satan were to just come up to us, and say, you know what? I want you to go out there and I want you to purposefully hurt that brother or that sister in Christ. The majority of people who are followers of Christ would have nothing to do with that. Because that initial push of, I want you to hurt that brother or hurt that sister in Christ, we look at that and say, no, that's just, that's just wrong. But when we start falling into fear, which leads us to falling into a wrong view of responsibility, which leads us into a wrong view of accountability, which leads us into a wrong view of spiritual warfare with a wrong enemy. We, do, we are doing exactly that. We're attacking our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And guess what? When that happens, there's nowhere to stand. There's no way to stand. And we're doing exactly what the enemy wants us to do. See, the thing about spiritual warfare is it's very much in the mind. That's why we're going to look at the Helmet of Salvation a little bit intently here in the next few podcasts. Because what Satan wants us to do is he wants to be able to absolutely manipulate us to the point to where we are not even realizing what we're doing. And he does it because he's very sneaky, he's very tricky, and we have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus the whole entire time. So what we're going to look at in the next podcast Uh, The fourth one is we're going to pick up in verse 12 where it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. And what we're going to look at is why do we wrestle? Why do we wrestle? Why is it not fighting? What's, What's the whole intention of wrestling? And we're going to look at um, what, what we're actually wrestling against. What is these spiritual or what are these spiritual powers? Um, that we're being able to wrestle against. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more. So uh, I pray this has been an encouragement to you. I also want to encourage you that maybe you're listening to this and you have never trusted Jesus as your personal Savior. I want to encourage you um, to consider the plan of salvation that apart from Jesus Christ, you're a sinner. Everyone's a sinner. Um, Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the great news is that Jesus loved us enough that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he died on a cross and he took our place. And salvation is simply admitting that you are a sinner, understanding that apart from Jesus, you will spend an eternity in hell, not because he created uh, hell for you, but unbelief will send you to hell. That God has made a way through Jesus Christ dying on a cross rising from the dead and so I encourage you to let the Holy Spirit work in your heart if you feel that you are convicted you feel that you know I really would love to be saved I encourage you pour your heart out to the Lord understand and admit that you're a sinner 
Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. If you'd like to be able to have more information, I encourage you to contact me or contact another pastor that you have uh, trust in and talk with them. And I encourage you to surrender your life to Christ. Make Him Lord of your life. That's the greatest decision that you ever make. And uh, I encourage you, continue to study God's Word daily. Continue to dive into understanding spiritual warfare a little bit more. And I pray that this has been an encouragement to you. And I pray it's challenging your heart and helping you to see, um, even though that uh, it sounds simple, um, how intricate the deception that the enemy has. And for us to be more aware of it every single day. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And we look forward to our next podcast.